Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir. This Shabbos, this holy, holy Shabbos, Shabbos, Pashas B'Shalach. Pash B'Shalach, also known as Shabbos Shira. It is known, different customs for Shabbat Shira. Different opinions of what the customs are for Shabbat Shira. Not everybody follows the customs. Majority do. One of the reasons, of course, the uh, Shabbos is called Shabbos Shira is because the Parsha has the Shira, Shira's Moshe, Uz, Yashir Moshe, followed by Vatoshar Miriam. Vatikach Miriam, excuse me. The Haftera, in turn, is another Shira yet? Shira's Devoida. And we have spoken at great length the connections between Shira's Devoida and the Shira of the Kriyas Yamsuf, of Meisha of Israel. Today, also, on the calendar, the Hebrew calendar, is the day of Yud Shvat. Shvat, as they announced it by the Shabbos Vorchim. Yud Shvat. And tonight, of course, is already Er Liyud Aleph Shvat. Baruch Hashem, Kenai Nohara. There are thousands of Talmidim that came for Yud Shvat. Just like you, just like Rishchidish Kislev is the Shluchim Convention, Chav Beishvat is the Shluchos Convention, Yud Shvat is all the Tamida Yeshivas. All Tamida Yeshivas, all the students from all Yeshivas worldwide come in for Yud Shvat, to spend Yud Shvat together in camaraderie. United as one. It's really, really an amazing sight to see. Very, very close friend of mine, Rabbi Mendel Gordon from London, England, uh, came in, was brought in, I'm not sure, as the guest speaker tonight for the Tamimim, for the students. It's not his first time. Mashbi in London. Gashmi wears a few hats but one thing is for sure he wears them well and he's very respected for what he wears we're proud of him Rabbi Mendel Gordon Yashikoyach many years you should be able to inspire and enlighten the generations and at this point, just for that sake as well, we'd like to call out for Rafu Shalema for Yeshua bin Yamin ben Miriam. Apparently, is in dire need of Rafu Shalema as Yisuf Yitzchok. I can't remember his mother's name, or I can't pronounce it. Even more so, we talk, as every week, we dedicate the Shir Dila Nishmas Eliza Shalamis. Yud Shvat is a yard site. A yard site represents, in English, the translation, an anniversary, a time that commemorates annually the same 
item. Obviously, unless you have a warped sense of humor like mine, an anniversary would not be translated actually as a yard site. For example, a wedding anniversary would not be considered a yard site. Anniversary, the death, the anniversary of a person's death, known as a yard site, commemorated every year on the same date. Of course, we go according to the Hebrew lunar calendar. Um, the Rebbe leaves many instructions as to what to be done on the day of the outside. We studied Mishnayis that began with the letters of the name of the Friedrich Rebbe, Yosef Yitzchak. We gave extra tzedakah today said extra Tehillim and all the other different things different customs that are kept for the yard site for the honor of the yard site A yard site in general, people unfortunately mourn on a yard site. And they mourn the passing of a person. But yet, but yet, really and truthfully, The main portion of the yard site is Bachai Yitain Elibay. Bachai. We, those alive, those living, need to give, take to heart, take to heed what lesson do we have from the life of this person the life that this person led the legacy that this person left we need to constantly remind ourselves we need to constantly improve ourselves to live up to the actual legacy of this person And therefore, the Rebbe called for Fabrenians, for Hasidic gatherings. There's one in 770 currently, there's one in the Shivka of Lefferts with the Bachram, the Tmim, as we said before, a gathering. What is the concept of a Fabrenian? To strengthen, to go, Bederach Yeshara, Asher Hedeinu Midrachav. To strengthen our connection, to strengthen ourselves to follow on the path that we have been taught, and to go in His ways perpetually. How? By adding BSSAs or BSSAs with more strength, with more vigor to add in our way, in our behavior, in our way of life. In Tera, in Mitzvahs, in the spreading of Tera and Mitzvahs, Everything that the Baal Hilula, now we don't say Yartzeit, we call it Baal Hilula. 
Hilul, of course, refer making a reference to a day of simcha, a day of happiness and joy. The day of happiness and joy is for the neshama. The neshama who accomplished what needed to be accomplished on this world, fulfilled the mission that he had on this world, And being that the Nishama was a Mamalamokim, a successor for his father, who was in turn a successor from his, etc. Therefore, The Nishamas are intertwined. The Nishamas, the souls are intertwined one with the other, and not only intertwined, but actually passed by, passed down from generation, from Rebbe to Rebbe. Connecting ultimately the Friedrich Rebbe, the Rebbe with the first Chabad Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe. But not only do we do this on the day of his Yatzah, the day of his Ilula, it should be a Pu'ula Nimshecha, says the Rebbe, a continuity, a level that continues on and flows further and further for the many days thereafter for the rest of the year. And this, of course, is done with Avas Yisrael and Achtos Yisrael. Love of a fellow Jew and unity with fellow Jews. The love of a fellow Jew exemplified by our Rabbeim. As the Rebbe brings down in the Maimah Designated for Yud Shvat, the last Maimah that the Friedrich Rebbe wrote. The Maimah of Basi Lagani Achesikala. In the Maimah, the Rebbe brings a quote from every one of the Rabbeim, as the Rebbe does in the Maimah of Rosh Hashanah. Incorporating and showing reflecting how the Rebbe's neshama is a neshama klolis, not just from Kal Yisrael, but also a neshama klolis from the ancestry, from the legacy, from the Alter Rebbe, continuing down into the Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe was a student of the Mazitcha Magit, says Yud Shvat. If you would be listening to the Shia instead of talking in the kitchen, you would hear what's going on here. The, the, the Talmide of the Mazitcha Magit, the Mazitcha Magit being a Talmud of the Vashem Toiv, from the Talmide of the Mazitcha Magit, there was a Talmud known as Reb Shleimah Karlina. Reb Shleimah Karlina was a very, very, very holy man, had a wonderful following of Chassidim, Many, many, many chassidim. And, as the Altarebbe did, thank you, he suffered greatly at the hands of the antagonists, the Misnagdim. Reb Shleim Kalina would travel sometimes from one town to another. And there was at one time he was coming to actually a very prominent Misnagdisha town where many, many people, most of the majority of the town, were Misnagdish. 
And the Shleim was coming to visit, he had a few chassidim in that town. And he was coming to bring them, to give them solidarity, to give them chizuk. <coughs> hearing that Shleimah was going to come to town, wanted to make sure that the mikveh would be warm for him in the morning. Unfortunately, amongst the many peeves that the Snagdim had against Chassidim, first of all, Bachal going to the mikveh, and it bothered the Snagdim even more, is the Chassidim chose to have a warm mikveh. If you're going to the mikveh already, feel it. Know that you're going to the mikveh. Making a warm mikveh, they felt defeated the purpose. However, these chassidim Wanted to make sure, regardless, that their Rebbe would have a, a warm mikveh. But they couldn't do it in the open air. They needed to wait till the darkness of the night settled over the town. It was well past midnight. And these few Hasidim snuck into the mikveh. Took a big vat of water. They boiled it up. They would fill the mikveh with the water from the pot. It wouldn't fill the whole mikveh, obviously. And they would add cold water on top of that. Cold water would make it bearable, but it wouldn't make it cold. And the mikveh would be a warm mikveh. In the meantime, there was a problem. One of the Tamidim, one of the Chassidim saw in the mikveh itself, the empty burr, he noticed the problem that needs to be fixed. He jumped down into the burr to fix the problem. Unfortunately, the other Chassidim was dark in the room. And they were trying to work quickly. Once the water was boiled, they wanted to get into the mikveh as fast as possible. And they just filled up the mikveh so nobody would notice what happened. What they didn't remember, that there was one more of them. They didn't see how many guys were holding the vat. And the other chassid was in the mikveh. They emptied this hot vat, boiling water, on top of him. The blood-curdling yell was horrific. When the Chassidim realized what they did, and this guy passed out from the pain, and was dying, in front of their face, he was dying with one other son. They quickly threw their coats on top of him and started to run with him in the street to the doctor. Now, let me, understand, let me give you to understand here. The Misnagdim were not just not fond of the Chassidim. They held the Chassidim were culpable of, of, of I don't know what. And they understood and felt it was right to, to just beat a chassid in the street. And if you beat him to death, ashrecha. No problem. These people were distorting, God forbid, and corrupting the Torah in their light, in their life, their eyes. Kitzar, here, a bunch of chassidim running together in the street, 
even with this guy on the shoulder dying, was dangerous. They ran, they ran, they got to the doctor's house. You didn't know, not everybody understands this. When a person gets poured, scolded, scathed with hot water, boiling water, you don't put a bandage on it because it sticks to the skin. They put him on the table and they start taking their coats off him and they started peeling his skin off. And the pain was never excruciating. The fellow couldn't breathe anymore. The doctor looked at his condition. There's nothing I can do. And so, the doctor said, I'm sorry, I can't help you guys. And these poor children were sitting there watching their friend suffer and on his way out of the world. In the meantime, Shnei Kalina arrived in town. And he heard what happened. He heard about this big accident. And he came running to the doctor's office. Actually, the other way around, they heard that Shnei had come into town. So one of the them ran to tell him. And he came in. He says, calm down. I don't know why I'm so nervous here. And he started to pass his hand over the wounds, over the burnt and peeled flesh. And as his holy hand passed over it, it grew back. In front of their eyes, they witnessed, literally, Shlema Kalina forming Pchiz HaMesim. Revival of the dead. He passed his hand over all the different spots, all the burnt places, and everything returned back to normal. So much so, there was no scars, healthy skin. The doctor saw this realize how holy this ever really is he also became a chassid anyway Shlema stayed with the chassidim a few days and he had to move on a year or so later Shlema came back to the town. He came back to the town and the same group of chassidim greeted him. But although they greeted him, he sensed something was amiss. Something was not right here. Something was was off, as we say. And finally he asked them, What's going on? What's happened? And they started getting flustered. Started shuffling on their feet. And finally, one of them spoke up. They said, Rebbe, we got to tell you the truth. Whereas we know how holy you are, Because we were attached to you so strongly. After you left the town, a gun came into the town, Shizam al Yadi. is the Machab of the Altarebis and the Holy Tanya. Also known as the Altarebbe. He started to teach us very lofty things, very lofty about Elimus, the Maila, 
and Malachim, and how great, and how high, and how much they achieve, etc. And after bringing us literally to Atzilus, started to tell us how this is nothing compared to godliness. And how great godliness is. He brought us to such a level of understanding we've never felt so connected to God. So, you're a holy man. We're not denying it. But we became chassidim of the Altarema. We became chassidim of Shazam and the Adid. Shlaim was a little shocked. And he said to chassidim, I understand you. I understand. He gave you something that I didn't. I know who he is, and I know how much he can give. He was a, I was a chavrusa with him. We learned together. But you, says the Rav to the guy who he literally revived from the dead, I brought you back from the dead. I literally revived you. I gave you your life. How could you just leave me? And the Chassid said to him, you are right. You gave me my life. You gave me back life. My physical life. The Altadena gave me my spiritual life. He gave me my Neshama. He introduced me to my Neshama. He brought me to a place that I was dead before. I was dead before talking to my neshama. I had no knowledge of my neshama. And now, I have a life. I have a neshama. So Shalem Khalil understood what it was that the Alter Rebbe won't say charismatically What al Rebbe taught and injected and gave to Hasidim what his how his track of a, of a or approach was so potent and powerful why it attracted and brought Hasidim into him. And so the al Rebbe gave this to his son, the Mitla Rebbe and continued down, down until the Friedrich Rebbe, which ultimately we gave over to the Rebbe. And this is all one Nishama. One soul, one Nishama Kholi. A general soul for generation. The Rebbe in turn, after this Talkus, after the passing of the Friedrich Rebbe on Yudshvat, it was a whole year later. Yud Aleph Shvat, Tavshin Yud Aleph, that the Rebbe accepted the mantle of becoming the Rebbe. Here we go. And therefore, on these days, Yud and Yiral Shvat, it's a yomtiv. A yomtiv to a level where big the Shabbos, a yomtiv to a level that we have our Shabbos cloth on the table. A whole year 
Hasidim were connected eleven nefesh, heart and soul, to the Fidik Rebbe were torn. The Rebbe had a brother-in-law as well. Now, as the previous Rebbe, the Fidik Rebbe had two sons-in-law. He had three. One was killed by the Nazi Dimashman with his daughter. And the other two, the Rebbe and the Rashag, the Mishmayor Gurari, who took on the Yeshiva ultimately, were then the sons-in-law. However, very few people, unfortunately, felt Rabbi Gurari was the Rebbe material. There was quite a following trying to persuade the Rebbe throughout the year. He used to fabreng anyway, because part of the stipulations of marrying the Friedrich Rebbe's daughter was the Rebbe had to fabreng on Shabbos Varchim. Every Shabbos Varchim there was a city gathering. And the people saw who they were dealing with with the Rebbe. The people saw and realized and recognized that the Rebbe, so we say, was a force to be dealt with. And therefore, many Hasidim rallied around the Rebbe. And in the course of the year, tried different things, different hints. Implications, implying this, implying that, to get the Rebbe to acquiesce, to agree, to take on the mantle, and to lead the Chassidim. Unlike the previous Rebbe, the Rebbe did not wear a strimal or a spodik on Shabbos. The Rebbe wore a regular hat. Also, the Rebbe wore a tie, uncharacteristic of Rabbeim, general. This was a lot of, <laughs> a big bone in the throat by a lot of the Rebbe's, Borough Park, Sidman Borough Park, Flat, whatever, Williamsburg. That time was, of course, in Crown Heights, the prominent area. There were different all different walks of life here. And they couldn't understand that tie. So much so there was one of the Rebbe's once went into the private audience, the Rebbe, the Yechidus. He told the Rebbe, I with my Shtraimel and you with your tie are fooling the whole world. We're deceiving the whole world. Because I know that a tie that you're wearing is not you. And the style that I'm wearing, I don't merit to wear either. Tavshin Yiralov, Yiralov Shvat, is the first time that ever actually said a Maimah. A whole year though. The Rebbe was pushing it away. A whole year the Rebbe would go to the oil, to the graveside of the Friedrich Rebbe, and discuss with the Friedrich Rebbe all that was going on. Now, obviously, I know and I appreciate the sometimes 15, 1800 people the download this year weekly and it's something that you're going to have to understand take with a spoon of salt or sugar to understand that when the Rebbe would go to the ale he would hold full conversations with the Friedrich Rebbe back and forth 
And we knew this. When we wrote to the Rebbe for a request, for a beseechment, for a prayer, and the Rebbe would say, Askel He'll mention it by the oil. Or, there are times people came into Yechidus in a private audience, and the Rebbe would say, I'll tell my father-in-law. I'll notify my father-in-law. We knew that the Rebbe meant it that way. The Rebbe didn't just say, it wasn't just a lip service. And no matter how the Rebbe took on the mantle, the Rebbe always considered the Friedrich Rebbe as Rebbe. Friedrich Rebbe as his Rebbe. And this first Fabregen, the Rebbe cried a lot. The Rebbe was extremely, extremely attached, dedicated, devoted to the Friedrich Rebbe. And, um, what should I say? For the Rebbe to go to the Friedrich Rebbe, so there's one person in Yechidus once that the Rebbe said, I'll mention it by my father in law. And the guy started to cry because at that time the Rebbe would go to Rebbe twice a month, Erevish Chedish and Tezvav Chedish. And it was Bez or Gimel, it was, a t- it was at least a week and a half, and the guy needed a bracha now. So the Rebbe said, I don't have to go to the ayah, like you mentioned it, by his desk also. The desk, the Rebbe, Friedrich Rebbe said that. The Rebbe was able to say, I go to the Rebbe's desk and talk to him there too. We don't understand these things. It's my Rebbe, first of all. Second of all, it's the level of spirituality is far beyond our understanding and reach. Halavai, Halavai, we should be able to grasp and see, understand the kerch, the power of a Rebbe. Where the Rebbe was able to reach and achieve and get to. Unfortunately, we're not. We're not privy to those secrets. But we do know that the Rebbe literally conversed with the Friedrich Rebbe, that we came back sometimes from the oil and had a Hasidic gathering of Fabrengen, and the Rebbe said, I was told. And the Rebbe would quote something that the Friedrich Rebbe had just told him. So for the Rebbe, Yeralev Shat was a milestone. For the Chassidim, we had the Rebbe the whole year. Did he actually treat us as Rebbe? Yes, he treated us as Rebbe. People wrote to the Rebbe. The Rebbe corresponded. The Rebbe gave brachas. Um, the mere fact of the Rebbe saying a maimer, not mere at all, the, the fact that the Rebbe finally acquiesced to say a maimer was the tiebreaker, as we say, that gave us and granted us the Kesha, the Skashas, which we have till today with the Rebbe. The night before, on Yudshvat, Tavshin Aleph, the Rebbe called from his house to the Secretariat, his office in 770. The phone was ringing, but none of the secretaries were there. The only one that was there was a the secretary's brother, the label Groner's brother, the Moshe Groner. The phone didn't stop, it was ringing incessantly, so the Moshe finally answered it. And it was the Rebbe. The Rebbe asked the Moshe to come over to his house. The Moshe came to the Rebbe's house, and he saw the Rebbe with many, many, many svarim open. The Rebbe was involved in, I don't know if you want to say the preparation, or actually the compilation of the maima that the Rebbe was going to say. However, the Rebbe asked Rabbi Groner, Rabbi Groner's brother, Meisha, to make a phone call for him to a certain doctor. Get him on the phone. Rabbi Groner got him on the phone. The Rebbe took the phone, the Rebbe spoke to the doctor, 
And apparently the Rebbe left the house and went to see this person that the doctor was treating. So that first act that the Rebbe did as Rebbe on Yeralev Shvat, Tavshin Yeralev, was an act of selfless Avas Yisrael where he went to visit Bikr Chaylem. The Rebbe says in the Maimah, different acts that the Rebbe did, etc., different stories of each one of the Rebbeim, how they acted in their way of Avas Yisrael. Hence, the Rebbe asked the question. In our Parsha this week, Parsha B'Shalach, we find a complete and total chuchat a total contradiction. At one point in time, the Parsha says to us, Hashem yilachem lachem v'atem tacharishun. The Almighty will be, will fight your battles, you remain quiet. And yet, at the end of the parasha, says the Tera, Moshe says to Yeshua, choose people, and go out there and fight a war against Amalek. What is going on? The same Moshe, in the same parasha, says Hashem Yilochim Lochem and says Seyli Yilochim. What did Pari want? When they were fighting Pari and his army, Moshe told them, Taka, Hashem Yilochim Lochem Vatan Tachadishun, if you'd like to check it, it's chapter 14, verse 4. We have fours. 14, it's 14-14. Rather, when attacked by a Amalek, Baisha says to fight. The war that the Almighty would wage would not be enough. What's the difference? Pari, Amalek, they both hated the Jews. They both wanted to kill the Jews. Pari really, in essence, had a totally different agenda. Pari wanted his workforce back. He says, guy, nobody gave you off this long. Yeah, you feel like you're fine, your boss is Pari? Yeah, okay. <laughs> he wants every second of it. You work for me, I pay for it, you better work for it. So all he wanted really was to enslave them. He wanted to deny them their physical rights. Where were they going though? They were going to Sinai to get the Tata. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Get a Tata. Bring back something else. Bring back some, some Tata chips, some Pringles. I don't care what you go out and do, but get back to Egypt to serve me as a slave. Amalek, on the other hand, said, oh, no, 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 we're not letting you get to Hasinai. We're not letting you get your Tata. Because once you get your Tata, we know you'll be invincible. Normally, the Jew is not a fighter. We see back in Bereshus, chapter 27, Verse 22, The voice is the voice of Jacob, and the hands are the hands of Esav. Esav is the hands. Esav uses his hands. Esav fights. Esav is a fighter. Yaakov, in turn, not what he has in mind, not for himself or for his descendants. However, when a challenge comes, and this challenge faces the Jewish people, and it, it, it interferes with the study of Tera and the doing of mitzvahs, ah, for this we don't just sit back. Mm-hmm. 
So when Amalek attempted to stop the Jews from going to Matantina, Moshe said, it's not your nature, it's not the way you usually act, or I want you to act. Get your hands, get dirty, get your weapons, and go to physical combat. And the same goes for each and every Jew. If a Jew feels his connection of terror being challenged, all bets are off. All normal considerations are off. You need to jump into it, put aside in everything to bring back that gift of Taylor. Do not give up the study of Taylor. But let us examine again yet the words that Moshe Rabbeinu uses to tell Yeshua to go battle. Go out and fight against the Jews. Now, I don't know if you know it. This story took place on the other side of the Yamsuf. They crossed the Reed Sea. They were really <laughs> in the middle of a desert still. They were not exactly, just because they crossed the sea, didn't make their way Miami Beach. Although many people would like to say Terry was given on the beach, it's not the case. They were in a desert. And they were all traveling. What were they leaving? Go out? What were they leaving? Elamai, the Jews traveled with Ananiah Kovid. Jews traveled with the clouds that protected them, the clouds of glory. And this sheltered them. They traveled, it took care of the scorpions, the snakes, it took care of the... It, it planed, it flattened mountains, nothing got in the Jews' ways. And also, helped against enemy attack. However, unfortunately, there were the sinners the sinners that unfortunately didn't stay under the, cloud, under the cloud. They were out of the cloud for whatever reason it was. Moshe instructs Yeshua, Amalek is not here in the cloud with us fighting. So we're not concerned with Amalek actually. However, there are some Jews that unfortunately are not in the protective cloud. And they need to be protected. They need to be saved, said Moshe. Shua, go out and save them. Why Yeshua? Why did Yeshua have more than anybody else for this battle? Truth to be told, Yeshua was a top disciple. So much so, the successor to Mesha. Why send him out, get his hands dirty, and go to war? Yeshua came from Shevet Ephraim. Ephraim, as in Yosef's son. So Yeshua's lineage. Ancestry goes back to Yeshua Tzadik. Yeshua's identity was exemplified in his campaign to save wayward Jews. If a Jew never Achmanalitzlan went off the road, off the path. Yosef was one to reach out for him. And this is the name that Yosef received at birth. Why did his mother call him Yosef? Teret tells us, she said, Yosef Hashem li ben acher. Bereshit chapter 30 verse 24 
May God add Yosef another son for me. And this was the prayer that Rachel Emenu offers. And on this basis she names her child. That she be an additional child be, be granted to her. But she uses the expression Ben Acher, which literally means an, an other child. Acher, another, a different one. Hasidus explains this to mean <coughs> that Yasef, the one who carried this name, the name represents the ability to transform even a child who is Acher, who is other. He's not under the fold. He's not following the ways of Teda and Mitzvahs. He's far in Rahman al-Islan. Says the Teda that Yasef has the strength to form this person to become a Ben. To become a child of God. And this keach, this speciality that Yasef had, recognizing a Jew that needed to be reached out to, and recognizing them, and reaching out to them, and bringing them under the fold, and seeing how they were truly a son, a child, this was therefore something that was given over to his future generations. So when Yeshua, the offspring of Yosef, was chosen to lead the war against Amalek, he was willing to leave the sheltered life of the cloud, a sheltered environment, and go outside the cloud, outside the box, he thought. And the ability to bring back into God's miraculous Ananiya Kovit, And this is what he was able to do to inspire others to come into them, to come back into the fold. Therefore, Vitsei Hilochim, and go out and fight. Amalek represents Suffolk. Amalek is the same Gematria as Suffolk. Gematria of Amalek, the word Amalek has the same numerical value as the word suffix, doubt. And therefore, that doubt that falls into the Jew, into their hearts, into their minds, was something that Yasef had a power to take out, and therefore his descendant, Yeshua, was sent to remove this doubt from any Jew and he was sent out from the box out of the cloud welcome Atlanta Georgia to this year <coughs> tribute today this week in the Pasha is given to the women and therefore when it comes to the Shira Az Yashir Meisha Yisrael is a very powerful thing but Vatikach Miriam Hanavia. Miriam Hanavia takes the tambourine and she takes this to a whole new level. And therefore the Haftada also refers to a Shira. But the Shira again, once again, the Shira of a woman. When the Jews, when it was decreed upon the Jews that they needed to drown their children, in the sea sorry let's take this a step a step different different angle sorry once the Egyptians were drowned in the sea and B'nai Yisrael came out of the Yamsuf 
the Egyptian exile and oppression was over. So of course the Jews started to sing and thank God and we explained once why it means Uz. What happened? What was the follow-up of the Uz? Rashi has his interpretation as well. Rashi has his interpretation and I gave an interpretation as well. I'm sorry. (coughs) The women led by Miriam didn't just sing. They sang. They danced. And they played instruments. Wow. They played musical instruments and took it to a whole different level. Why was their rejoicing so much greater than the men? It was their children that were being affected. All the labor and everything that went on in the time is one thing. When there was a decree against the Jewish children, this a Jewish mother could not take. And therefore, we know that even the Pari, when he got ill, took a bath in the blood of the Jewish children. Yes, the B'nai Yisrael were tortured, they were full of, they were anguished from this. But nothing as profound as a Jewish mother. So therefore the suffering in Egypt was multiplied so much more so by the women. And therefore when it came to the redemption, it came to the rejoicing of the redemption, the women took it to a whole different level. Miriam! Who's Miriam? Miriam is Lush and Mar. You're burning something in the oven. Bitter. Our sages tell us that as a young girl, Miriam prophesied the redemption. And she only witnessed this 80 years later. And she lived her entire life in this painful anticipation. The bitter exile should end. And when redemption comes, therefore Miriam, joy knew no bounds. And therefore Miriam didn't just sing, she danced and took musical instruments as well. But at the beginning of the parasha we see Hashem turns to Mesha. As the Jews turn, they say, Vayitzaku b'neisel, Hashem, they cry, cry out to God. Rashi says it's a family trait. Family craft. Crying out to God. But the Almighty says, Matitzaki, Laidabra b'neisel v'yisel, why are you screaming? Tell the Jews, travel, journey, go, move. Into the Yamsav. Let the Yamsav split for them. Rabbi Isai, there are times when we meet a fellow Jew and we see he's drowning. We meet a fellow Jew and we decide we're going to pray for him. And we pray and we say another little tillum for him. The lesson here is clear and obvious. When a Jew is not doing what they need to do, when a Jew is not acting the way they should, is not behaving the way they should, we do not have time to sit and pray we need to get involved. Action is worth, one action is worth more than a thousand words. And therefore we do not stand and lecture, and scream and yell and jump up and down. We need to step forth. We need to put our right foot forward. And we need to see to it that we reach out to our fellow Jew. And may we merit that on this Shabbos, we should ultimately sing the 10th Shira, the Shira of, Mesh, of Mashiach Tzidkenu, and those that have the beautiful custom of putting out Kasha before Shabbos for the birds to eat because of Shabbos Shira. And you have uh, the people that are going to come screaming and yelling that you're making the birds carry on Shabbos. <coughs> 
Yeah. What I got to say to them? And the main thing is, we should sing the 10th Shira this Shabbos with Mashiach, and we should march to Yerushalayim Yerach Kodesh. Shabbat Shalom to all.